So friends, in um, today's gospel, Jesus, uh, in the Sermon on the Mount, gives us uh, two really interesting images um, of what's supposed to characterize us as his disciples and our witness to the world, that we're supposed to be like salt and light. And um, I, I don't know, I find these two images very helpful metaphors for um, just how we're supposed to uh, be witnesses to Jesus' presence uh, in the world. So I just want to uh, suggest a couple things that these metaphors uh, really help us to appreciate. The first is that both sides um, are really only significant in as much as they enhance something else. You know, they're, they're, they're really only significant in as much as they draw something else out, reflect on something else. Right? So most people don't say about a meal, the salt really made this meal. <laughs> now, I have to tell you a little story, uh, and I hope my mom's not watching the live stream today. Uh, first of all, thank you for so many the prayers for my mom. My mom's going through some breast cancer stuff and actually got a very positive pathology report this week. Um, so thank you to all who have um, reached out to me about that. Uh, this is going to be uh, less favorable on my mother here in a minute, uh, which is my mom has a, a weird uh, thing where she does eat straight salt. Um, and uh, at the end of a meal, she will sometimes pour salt on her plate and lick it up with her fingers. Okay, Now, I absorbed that uh, habit, and I was in my first summer as a seminarian at a, pre at, a, at a rectory, and I was with a priest who will be unnamed in this homily, uh, and I did that after dinner one night, early on in the summer. I had finished my meal, I took the salt shaker, shaked it, and then I used my finger to eat the salt. And he said, in front of the whole table, Jeremy, you will meet with me in my office after our dinner tonight. <laughs> I was, his uh, office was in the house, in the rectory. So we went down to the rectory, and I'll never forget, he said, he opened with, Jeremy, you eat like a fool. You eat like a fool. And he said, you will never do that in my house again. And so I, I have stopped uh, such habits. You will never, if you invite me over, don't worry that I will do something like that. Right? So I actually did like salt for its own sake, which was messed up. I realized that. I blame my mom. Mom, if you're watching. So, but most people, right, you don't say, oh, the salt really made this meal, right? It's, it's what the salt does to other foods. Right? The same thing, you don't look at a light bulb and say, man, that's a great light bulb. Right? It's what the light does reflecting on something else. Right? And so what the, the cool thing with these two metaphors is they teach us the first spiritual lesson, which is it's not primarily about us um, boasting about our contribution. It's, it's what we do to magnify Christ in others. Right? It's the reflection of the light or the seasoning of the salt of our love and our lives is boastable about us being salt and light. It's not about us as the salt or us as the light because salt and light in and of themselves are not that significant. They're significant in as much as they enhance what it 
trying to illuminate or to season. So that's a, a really important lesson, um, I think, for us. Um, for the second one, I want to focus more on salt, because if you remember a few weeks ago, I preached on light in the Marblehead Lighthouse, and so we had that image a few weeks ago. So I want to focus on salt. And there's kind of three things I think about that salt can do. All right. Historically, it was used as a preservative. Right? Before refrigeration, salt was used uh, as something to preserve food from, from spoiling. Okay? I obviously also think about it in terms of its seasoning uh, and adding flavor to things. And then third, in this winter time, I think of it in terms of what? Snow, right? Uh, ice, um, protecting our footing, securing our footing and dr or, or driving when, when uh, we're in winter conditions. So I want to propose this, that our world without Christ and without your participation in Christ is bland. Right? It's bland. It is slippery. It's slippery. What's the third one? Preservation. So it's um, spoiled. That's what I was looking for. I forget these things. Right? Our, I think I got it. Our world without Christ and our participation in being salt and light is bland, it's susceptible to spoiling, and it's very slippery. With Christ and our contribution, we can secure that foundation. We can preserve that foundation. And we can season the world. Right? What does that look like? I, um, uh, it's um, National Marriage Week leading up to Valentine's Day. It's in the back of the bulletin. We, you know, we try to baptize every uh, feast day. You know, Val Valentine's Day has a somewhat of a historical Catholic connection, but um, it's become a pretty big secular um, holiday. But so we celebrate marriage week uh, from uh, the week leading up to Valentine's Day. And one of the cool things is one of the nine options for engaged couples to pick for their wedding gospel is this gospel today. And only a few have, have, have uh, picked it. But I love when they do because I talk about in the homily how marriage is supposed to be a preservative, a form of divine sort of seasoning to life. And also uh, to help the couple to navigate the slippery parts of life together. Right? So I have a whole homily on, on kind of this as it plays out in the vocation of marriage. Right? We might apply it to all of the things that we're involved in. But just in short, the homily is like, first of all, marriage is meant to preserve you in love. Right? The bond and the grace of the sacrament is meant to preserve you in love when you fall in and out of love, right? When things go up and down, right? There's something that, that keeps, there's a glue, right? The grace of the sacrament that we say helps to bond you, to preserve you, right? It also preserves society, right? In terms of the fundamental sort of building block of society. It preserves society. There's a preservative element um, to marriage, it's meant to be uh, a form of seasoning, right? I, one of the uh, couples I quote in my marriage homilies, they were married 72 years when I interviewed them. Um, and 
one of the things they tell young married couples is they say, don't spend your life, uh, some of you may know this, uh, I feel like I've preached some homilies here for weddings, but um, the 72-year-old, this was 97-year-old man, he said, don't spend your your marriage trying to turn the other person into the perfect mold of what you want them to be. Rather, enjoy the adventure of experiencing life with someone who is not you. Right? I love that. Right? Don't spend your marriage uh, trying to turn the other person into the perfect mold of what you want them to be. Enjoy the adventure of spending life with someone who's not you. I see that as a kind of divine uh, seasoning. Like, the flavor of, of married love is that you get to experience life with someone who's not you. As much as we like to think in our pride that the world would be a cool place if a bunch of us were walking around, it would actually be a horrible place, right, if a bunch of you were walking around, right? No, no, no. Part of the seasoning of life is the incredible difference uh, in us. And so to add, you know, that's within the context of marriage, but in our context as the witnesses of Jesus, to add the divine seasoning, the variety, the differences in our gifts and talents and resources, and to bring all of that to bear uh, for Jesus in the world uh, is an incredible gift. And then thirdly, I talk about marriage, how one of the incredible gifts of marriage is to be able to navigate the slippery uh, times of life with someone. It's, it sounds really morbid to say it at a wedding, but I say one of the incredible gifts of marriage is to suffer together. That for the rest of your life, you know, you know that I will never take on a burden alone. Ever. For those of us who are not married, like myself, right, we have to build that support. Right? But it's built into marriage. Right? It's built in that no matter how slippery the roads get for the next 40 years of our marriage, right, I'm going to be the salt for you that secures that footing. Right? I'm going to secure your footing. Right? So again, applies to marriage, but applies to our role to help secure the footing of ourselves and secure the footing of others as they navigate the slippery conditions of living in the world. Right? So I don't know if this characterizes any of your marriages here. You know, last night somebody was like, Father, that doesn't sound like my marriage at all. It's really bland. It has no seasoning. And it's really slippery. And I said, well, that's, I'm sorry about that. I don't know. This is right at the mass. I don't know what to tell you. Um, uh, but I'm just telling that I'm using marriage as the launching point of all of our different, uh, how do we apply those three facets of salt as a preservative, Right? As uh, to protect from spoiling, as a, sp a spice and a season, right? And then as, um, as uh, something to secure our foundations. Final thing about salt uh, and light is you can have too much of them. Right? So Jesus warns in the gospel about having too little of them. Right? If salt is unused, it, it's a waste. It can't season it. And if you hide your light, it can't shine. But I want to focus on the other side, which is too oversaturation of salt and light is a bad thing. 
Like, I hope you have never experienced this horrible prank in restaurants, right, with the salt shaker, right? Um, there is a special place, I'm not I'm gonna say the word, in H-E double hockey sticks, there is a special place for anyone who has pulled that prank, right? You know the prank. They, somebody twists the top of the salt shaker uh, and loosens it, so when you try to pour your normal amount of salt, the entire shaker, has, it, has this happened to anybody? Yeah, it's, it's absolutely horrible. It ruins the entire meal, right? And of course, too much light, an oversaturation of light uh, too quickly when you wake up or whatever, right? It's, it's blinding, right? I want to apply this to our uh, sharing of the salt and light uh, of Jesus with others. We can oversaturate, right? We can pour too much salt too quickly. We can blind people too quickly with the light. Right? This gets back to being salt and light. The first thing I said, which is because it's not primarily about us, right? It's about just diffusing the salt and light of Jesus on those around us. We have to be very mindful that we don't oversaturate people, right, with the salt and the light too quickly. There's an art, right? And you know this if you're right, a parent or a coach or a teacher, right? There's a there's an art to how to introduce, right, the salt and light and to teach and to, to mentor and to coach. So anyway, friends, I think these are, um, these two images uh, just have a ton of, of uh, insights um, into kind of how we're called to be uh, Christian disciples. So friends, let's uh, recommit ourselves this week to being um, in participation with Jesus as the salt of the earth the light of the world.